here and now, you can reach the hem of His garment. Though I know we have folks that are sick. They're, they're probably watching. I hope they're watching. And, and the Lord is saying, here and now, you can touch the hem of His garment and be healed. Just touch the hem of His garment. Just my, reach up. Reach out. You don't have to reach far. He's right there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you're just as close as my voice. All I have to do is call on you and you are there. So, Lord, for those who are sick, who can't be here this morning because they need a touch in their body, Father, in Jesus' name, we put our faith and our trust in you. Lord, they put their faith and their trust in you. And together, Lord, we bind these strong men in the house. Lord, in Jesus' name, we just thank you for your healing. We thank you for the strength in the bodies that you're providing. Lord, by your stripes we are healed. We believe it. We believe that you are Jehovah Rapha. We believe it. So now, Lord, touch those of us in this room that need a physical healing. But, Lord, we know those that are out because of the sicknesses in their bodies. Father, touch them. We bind our faith together with theirs. Hallelujah. Father, for those who are in our family, those who are relatives, those who we don't know and we don't even think that they're hearing this right in this moment. Lord, it doesn't matter. You know where they are. You know who they are. And we, Father, put our faith and trust in you. Put laborers in their paths, Lord, that they may see the true and living God, that they may know the Jehovah Rapha, that they may know Jesus, who's loved them, who shed his blood for them, who has provided salvation for them, who has provided everything that they need, including physical healing, Lord. Minister to them now, even now, Father, fresh touch. Amen? Amen. Amen. So now, Lord, as we continue in this service to you, I pray, Lord, that you would continue to minister to us. Lord, please, bless us with fresh manna. Lord, please, we want rhema. Father, we want to hear from you. We want to hear your voice this morning. They didn't come to hear me, Lord. They're not tuned in, Lord, to hear me. We want to hear you, Lord. So please speak to us. And Lord, grant us grace. Father, grace us that we may hear and understand in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know if I'm going to be able to preach from these notes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, I missed you last week, but I didn't. I mean, I'm glad that you got to see me last week. I didn't see you, but I knew you were here. And my brothers and my sisters, I it just... It brought me so much joy that I could be in another place and still be ministering with, to you, with you, and we could still share the gospel. We could still share the words. And, and my brothers and sisters, I've heard some reports, and there are some good things that happened. I know the Lord spoke, um, even though I wasn't here bodily. Amen? And, and it's because of you that were here. It's not because necessarily of what was on that screen. It was because you were here. You were in the name of Jesus. And you were, listen, listen, you were seeking Him. And some of you heard from Him. And some of you found something. Amen? Hallelujah. So give all the glory to God. So you'll remember last week, even though I was in another place, we, that, you know, uh, much of the text came from Matthew 19. But as I've referred to back and forth during that message, it's also in the other synoptics that, that, that rich young ruler that went to Jesus and what must I do to be saved? Amen? And so uh, Jesus uh, told him, well, you know what the scriptures are. And remember the list. 
Remember that? And remember how I, I went over, you know, we, we need to be careful because even though we're New Testament believers, even though we're New Testament Christians, we're a new covenant with God, you know, that the Old Testament, you know, yeah, yeah, Jesus fulfilled all of that, but we need to be very careful that we're not making our list. And we're not, well, I've, I've, and I'm checking the box. I went to church. I, I prayed. Um, I, I read one uh, paragraph of scripture today. I, I did this. And we're checking the box. Because we know that that's not what it's all about. I want to enter his rest. I want the benefits of God. I want the, uh, the benefits from God. Excuse me. I want his promises. I want to be a partaker. And so I check the box. And if I check the box and I get all the checks right, I receive from God. No, no, no. I can enter his rest. I can have the benefits. No. It's through fellowship with him. Amen? Which we all know. But I'm going to continue in, uh, in that, um, that section of, of the text as it relates to uh, you know, the, the rich young ruler, that, that one person. But I'm going to be reading from uh, Mark. And so in Mark, last week also, in verse 21 of Mark 10, it said this, Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, One thing you lack. Go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, take up your cross, and follow me. See, that is the requirement that all of us have. That's how you enter the rest. Go and follow Jesus. Amen? Okay. But he was sad at this word. He being the rich young ruler, he was sad at this word. And he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. See, he valued all of those great possessions. He wasn't ready to part with them. Amen? Oh, aren't you so glad you came this morning to hear that revelation as if you didn't know that? Hang on. Now, continuing in Mark, verse 23, Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and said to them, Children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And they were greatly astonished, saying among themselves, Who then can be saved? Now remember, as I shared with you last week, and some of you already know, you know they, were, uh, they were taken back by that because, uh, you know, according to what they thought and believed, that the rich folks were being blessed by God. So if they're being blessed by God and they can't make it to heaven, then who can, who can do it? Okay? So now continuing in verse 27. But Jesus looked at them and said, With men it is impossible, but not with God. Remember this. For with God all things are possible. And I added to remember this part. For with God all things are possible. What's possible? All things. Hallelujah. Then Peter began to say to him, See, we have left all and followed you. Or <clears throat> so Jesus answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, lands with, with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. Amen. Amen. Okay, I gotta, I, I, I gotta, I gotta look at this. I gotta, I gotta see because the thing that sticks out to me is that uh, look, look at what Jesus says. Not anyone who's given up anything, who's left house, brother, sisters, father, mother, wife, children, land, my sake for the gospels, who shall not receive a hundredfold in this time. 
So he said, right? And then, in the time to come, and then late, eternal life. So he's talking about here and now, you're going to receive things. So now, I know that all of you, and maybe some of who are listening, and who have always been a believer in the prosperity gospel, see? Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, okay. Well, let's see if you're that excited when we're done with the message. <laughs> because let's look at it this way. One of those things mentioned in there was wives. So I'm going to have a hundred full wives? Oh, God forbid. <laughs> one is enough because I got the very right one, the one that was perfect for me. I don't need any other. Amen? You could tell she's in the room. So, And even if she wasn't, there's squealers in the front row that would have told her anyway, so I might as well get that out. Yeah. Yes and amen. <laughs> okay. But no, so, so I, I say that. So, so is Jesus saying that, you know... So it must mean something else. It can't mean literally that you're going to have a hundred wives. You're going to have a hundred more brothers and sisters. You're going to have a. It can't mean that literally. You're going to have a hundred. You know, if you got a little acre of land, you're going to have hundreds of acres before you leave this earth. He's he's not saying that literally, right? So what can he possibly mean? I don't know. So we'll have to continue in the scripture. Amen. Remember, one of the things, uh, illustrations uh, we used last week was uh, in Acts chapter 4. Remember when uh, Peter and John were entering the gate beautiful and that lame man was sitting begging alms and, and Peter uh, said, Gold and silver have I none such as I have given thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise and walk. And the man was healed, right? And everyone was marveling. And then remember, I got so excited. And, I, and right now, I'm trying to hold it back because I can get so excited right now, even still, thinking about Peter laying it down. Peter just preaching and not holding back, not worrying about how popular it would or would not be, not worrying about who was there to hear him. Even those leaders who killed Jesus, they were there. He knew they would find out, but he didn't care. He was wide open preaching the message. You killed him. You didn't recognize. He's lay, laying it down. Did not care. He's le- and my brothers and sisters, no doubt there were people that, that were saved. There was no doubt that people heard that message and they became believers. No doubt. So now, in the meantime, so hallelujah, praise the Lord. Way to go, Peter. Way to go, John. Look at the miracles that God is doing through you. Look at the mighty work that God is doing through you. Look at this, how the Holy Spirit is all over you. You've got this anointing and hallelujah, praise the Lord. Look at the blessing. Yeah, you know what the blessing was? They were arrested (laughs) with persecutions. Okay, young people, I know you're going to... I'm in. Yeah, I want that. Of course you don't want that. But my brothers and sisters, that's exactly how it is. And so now watch. So, 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 okay, Tony, that makes no sense. That still doesn't explain. I'm glad you're paying attention and you're following. So give me just a little bit of time to, to flesh this out. So they're arrested and they stand trial. During the trial, I mean, Peter, again, he lets it go. And they can't do anything. They know they'll have a riot because there's no question about it that this healing actually took place. This person was literally lame from his mother's womb, so it can't be denied. This isn't some kind of a trick. It happened. And so they say, okay, now if we do anything, these guys, you know, we'll have a riot on our hands. Everybody's going to rebel against us, so and so forth. Well, let's just threaten them. And so that's what they did. They threatened them and said, you know, we don't want you doing anything in this name again. No more preaching in the name of Jesus. And Peter still, 
And this, see, remember not too long ago, I preached a message, talked about how you guys, the things that God has put in you. And you know what? Peter was always the first one to stand up. He was always the brash one. He was always the one, right? So Peter now still, you know, okay, Peter, okay, they're going to let you go. Just shut up now and go. No, Peter says, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Do you tell me? Should we listen to God or should we listen to you? I think we should listen to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Peter, just hush and go. <laughs> no, but see, again, I want to, I want to, I, I know this is going down a little bit of a different trail. My brothers and sisters, God knew you. He knew you before you were in your mother's womb and He called you. And there's some gifts and there's some things that God has placed in you to use for His glory. When are you going to start doing that instead of trying to explore all of these other things? Going this way, going that way, God has a purpose and a plan for you. Consult God. Get with God. Get tight with God. And He will lead you. And you're going to find out that the fulfillment that you have can't be matched by any earthly fulfillment, any earthly reward that you could have gotten. Hallelujah. Amen. Man, Bill, I'm going to speak to this. I'm so happy. I mean, my grandchildren, every one of my my children, and, and, and you guys know, people that are close to you, especially, certainly, young people that are in your life that you've known from birth, there are certain aspects of their personalities, there are certain traits that you see. I've known from the time that certain of my grandchildren had a call on their life, a specific call on their life. My hope and prayer is that I don't overwhelm them. I don't burden them and force them you know, in that way or against that way because they rebel. So I, I back off. I just pray for my grandchildren. I pray for your children. There are children, there are people in this room who represent children who I've baptized who are not in church right now, but I know God had a call on their life. And I know, my brothers and sisters, that God would have readily used them and still may. Because the gifts and the call of God are without repentance. Once He calls it, He doesn't take it back. But, <laughs> you got to go and, and, and answer the call. you got to go ahead and make the step. Hallelujah. And I'm sorry for yelling. I just got a little bit excited. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and calm. I, you know, I made the mistake because I, I, I'm going to be honest with you, okay? This is going to sound silly. But I promise you, I couldn't remember what jacket I wore to church last week. See, I knew somebody's laughing at me right away. And it's my, and look, it's my spiritual sister. She's just, <laughs> just laughing at me. I couldn't remember. See, the gray hairs, that's true, man. I couldn't remember. So I went ahead and I went on the, uh, online to see what I was wearing. <laughs> Y'all are laughing at me. Michelle? She's nodding her head yes back there. It's true. So I went online. So look, I started watching. And so I made the mistake. I hate watching myself and listening to myself. So I made the mistake of watching for a while. And I said to Michelle, no wonder why I can't fill that church. I stink. My, my brothers and sisters, listen, listen, listen. Why am I saying that? Because, listen, there, there has, there's, this, there's this call, there's this thing, there's, there's an area where we're, what, that we're called to, that God has made a way for us, that God has, has, has foreordained, and, God has, and He's equipped you. So this Peter is that way, he's speaking out, he's speaking up. Why? That's what's in him from, from before he was in his mother's womb. Now he's using it, he's using it for God. 
Now he's using it for God. So anyway, my brothers and sisters, thankfully, Holy Spirit, they get released. Right? So I'm going to read, I'm going to pick up for you in verse 23 of Acts 4. And being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, I'm going to, read, I'm going to continue this, but here, get this picture. I, I love picturing these things. I'm a very kind of, I'm that kind of way. I want to picture this, okay? So now watch. These two guys were held over prison overnight. They get, they get the kangaroo court in the morning, and now they're let go, uh, whatever time of day it was. They, they go, and now they're going to their, it doesn't say that they went to their houses. They went to their companions. They went to other Christians. They went to the, the Christian. There were, that would be the equivalent of me coming to see you guys. I'm not going home for... And, and Michelle would probably be having a prayer meeting somewhere. If I was arrested, she'd be having a prayer meeting somewhere, hopefully here, and hopefully many of you would be here, and then I get released and I'm going to come here to get with my companions. Are you hearing me? So that's what they did. He, he went, and now look. So they're praying. After he, they share, this is what happened. And this is, wow, praise God. Uh, you know, God did what? He healed that. And God did what? And you preached what? And you said what? And they did what? Hallelujah. Praise God. And they, in one accord, began to pray and worship God. Amen? And here's what happened. Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David have said, Why do the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For you truly, against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles, and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching your hand to heal. By stretching your hand to heal. Amen. Amen. Stretch your hand to heal, God. And that the signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the Word of God with boldness. This is church. That, my brothers and sisters, is church. Oh, I know some of you are shaking your head, yes, because you've been in the Lord, and you know that's church. Not the lights, the camera, the action, not the smoke, not the... No! That's church. That's effective in our lives. That's the here and now that, we're, that he's talking about. So you know what else I notice about this? They didn't go to their homes. It does, see, now we know Peter had a wife. How do we know that? We're smart. No, we read the Gospels. We know that Peter, it doesn't say Peter went home to his wife. His wife was probably there wherever there was. There was all of their companions, all of the, all of the Christians who, who sat together, who prayed together, who were together. He went there. So now watch. Peter had one wife. He was married to one woman. But in that room, I'll guarantee you, there were many people that were women that were praying for Jesus like he was, I'm sorry, praying to Jesus for Peter like Peter was their husband. Oh, come on. Come on. So do I need a hundred wives? No. I don't need a hundred wives. You know why? 
I got one wife, and I got this one right here. I got that one right there, that one right there. Look at, look at all of the females in this room. I've got this one right here. Look at all of the females in this room. Do I, need, do I have a son? Yes, I do, right there. Amen? But do I need another son? Eh, no. <laughs> no, but I got a great-grandson right there, and he's great. He's not my great-grandson in the, you know, the, the... He's just my grandson who is great. How's that? But I have other, and now I have another son, Mitch. But now I have a lot of other people in here who are younger than me who we could say, well, you know, I may not be their spiritual daddy to the extent that I brought them the gospel, but I'm their pastor, so I'm kind of like the, the father. Are, are you there? So now all of a sudden I have these other sons. Are you, are you following this? Is this tracking with anybody besides me? Can I please get an Amen. Hallelujah! I'm telling you something. This is tracking with me. I have, I know, man. I've told you this before, but this is the this warms my heart. And Steve can testify. There are some people at work, especially one young man, who will actually, when he sees me, he'll come up and hug me. And he happens to be African American, by the way. We just, he, he just, we minister to each other. He's, he's, he's struggling with some things, but man, he never ceases to fail to, to, to give me a hug. Hey, hey boss man, hey, hey, how you doing today, Tony? How's everything? And, and, and I same with him. If he's down, we minister to each other. Now, he's another brother. I'm blessed. I know, listen, my brothers and sisters, I know that if I go to work and something's up, and even if I'm just seeing it, he could just see it in my face. I don't have to say it. He'll just see it in my face, and he'll just come up to me, and he'll just give me a hug, or he'll pat me. Hey, man, it's, hey, I got you back. Amen. Come on! Young people, young people, I'm telling you, you need to have Christian friends. Friends who, listen, just don't say that they are Christians, but Christian friends who actually know what the Word of God is and spiritually can have your back. I know that you're doing so many other things right now. You're, you're, you're studying, you're getting A's, Eleni, <laughs> getting A's, and, 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 and we're, we're getting A's, we're, we're studying hard, we're, we're doing the thing, we're involved in some extracurricular activities, we're doing some things. Um, we may be college students, and man, we've got our workload, and we've got to be at class, and we have homework, and we have papers to write, and all of this other stuff. All of it's... Forget all of it. Just go to church. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you could be in the middle of all of that, but have Jesus in the middle of it with you. And my brothers and sisters, listen, in this life, He's promising us something. He's promising that you're going to have people there. If you're following Jesus, if you give up all, and Jesus is the center of your life, you are not going to have to find, go and point, and see if you can search out somebody who will agree with the Lord with you. Or, uh, my brothers and sisters, he said that you will have, if you're giving up other things, if you're not going to those parties, if you're not going to that sorority house, if you're not going to that, if you're not going to that beer bath, if you're not going to that dance, if you're not going to that whatever, fill in the blank, if you're not going there because Jesus is number one in your life and that you're not checking the box, you're not checking the box, you're not going there because, oh, my parents might find out or Jesus is not going to like this and then maybe he's going to smite me or no. No, you're not doing that. You know what? I'm not doing this because I love Jesus more than I love that. 
So you do that, and then what you're going to find out is there are some other people around your age that are looking for someone like you to partner with so that they have somebody else that can just, hey, what's going on, man? Hey, let's do this. Hey, you know, my brothers and sisters, my young brothers, my young sisters, this is for all of us. Stop doing those things, not because you're afraid that God is going to punish you or send you to hell. Stop doing those things because Jesus is number one in your life. Stop doing those things because you think, if I don't do this, if I don't have this association, that association, I can't get by in my business. i gotta, I got to go to this party or i gotta, I got to rub shoulders with this one. I have to go to this dinner party. I have to go to this bar. I have to go to that thing. I have to act this way. I have to say that thing. I have to schmooze and I have to... If, listen, if you have to do that, to get promoted, you're in the wrong business. I'm going to tell you what my father told me. You take care of God's business, God will take care of your business. I believe that. And you know what? When I'm searching scriptures and I'm reading and I'm studying and I see something like this, I know it. So when Jesus makes that promise, in this life, He's telling us, forget all of that stuff. Put me first. Follow me first. Right? Right? All right. Man, it took me a while, but I think I got some of you. Let me, let me um, remind you, too, of a couple other passages, because I know I'm, I haven't convinced all of you, but I'm going to remind you of a couple other passages. In Acts chapter 2, remember the day of Pentecost? Right? Remember the Holy Spirit fell? 120 and then it noised out, and that was another one of those things I kind of have way referred to this last week as well. Remember Peter again, the first message that he ever preached. So he gets baptized with the Holy Ghost. He goes out there, and there's people that are mocking, and there's people just, you know, just eyes, I can imagine, just eyes wide open, and just mouths wide agape, and oh, what's, the heck, what's going on? And then people mocking, and then other people just amazed, and, and Peter says, whoa, and he steps up, and he lays it down. Not afraid, not concerned, just filled with the Holy Ghost. And again, I, 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 I love this part, and I refer to it frequently, and that is a fisherman a blue-collar guy who's grinding it out every day starts preaching out of the Scriptures. <laughs> Hallelujah! Holy Ghost-filled starts... Listen, he starts preaching out of the Scriptures. He quotes out of the uh, prophet Joel. He quotes... Oh, come on! Yes. My brothers and sisters, he quotes David. He quotes Scripture. Amen. He didn't... Again, I'm telling you, I know I'm repeating something you've already heard, but I'm telling you, this is good stuff. Amen. He didn't study at the feet of Gamaliel. He didn't go to the best college. He had to grind it out. And when he was grinding it out, guess what happened? He met somebody named Jesus. And Jesus said, follow me. And that's all he did. He followed Jesus. He followed Jesus. He received Rhema. He went to the best university known to man. HGU. Holy Ghost University, baby. He went to HGU. Holy Ghost University. He studied under the Master. Hallelujah, didn't he? And then when Holy Ghost came and fell on him, it all came to him, baby. Hallelujah. Man, I'm so excited. I could bust. Can, can you believe that? So, it, my brothers and sisters, that's all it takes. You get Raymond. You study the Word of God. You receive Holy Spirit. You follow Jesus. Oh, and then it's going to be all sunshine and lollipops. Uh, No. It won't be. However, 
you will have people, you will have places, you will have things that are, listen, that you can access. So remember, I didn't forget, you thought I forgot. But in Acts chapter 2, after Peter preached that message, then they, well, what should we do? They were all pricked in their hearts, what do we do? And then Peter lays it down. All of you, you know, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus. Now, instead of following Judaism, now you've got to follow Jesus. Amen? Okay, so, so watch. And so it said, 3,000 were saved that day. And then it said that they all had things together. I'm going to read from uh, 44 and 45 of chapter 2. Now, all who believed were together. Did you hear that? See, that's this message, my brothers and sisters. All who believed were together and had all things in common. What does that mean? That means I'm going to her house to dinner. There you go, baby. That's HGU. HGU. We both went to the same university. But do you understand, my brothers and sisters, what this is saying? Look, look. they had all things in common. They were all together. They sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all. And anyone as anyone had need. Now, Jesus, now I understand what you're saying. I don't have more than one wife, but I got a bunch of women praying for me. I don't have more than one son, but I got a bunch of young men who are praying for me. Come on. Come on. Right? Do you hear that? Listen, I I don't have a bunch of houses, but if I was ever in need of a roof over my head, I'm going there. All right, now I can go to Mitch's house. He's got a big one. I'm going to throw Addison out of her room. but No, but you understand. Are you you with me? See, my brothers and sisters? Does that make listen? It doesn't have to make sense to us intellectually, right? But spiritually, we have to know when Jesus is saying that the word of faith. Well, I can buy it now. Now I'm I'm serving God. I'm checking all the boxes. Of course, now I've got all these blessings. I've got millions. Oh yeah, sure. A lot of them do have millions. A lot of them do have many multiple houses and all that. I don't care. I got that little house in Woodridge, and that's where we'll probably end up if the Lord says will, and that's it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Because if I have the tiniest little shack in glory, oh, I am rich beyond all measure. Why? Because I'll be where my Savior is. I'll be in the presence of Almighty God. Hallelujah. Who owns it all anyway? <laughs> Hallelujah. And there was another time when Peter was arrested. Remember? It was in, it was Herod, I think it was Acts chapter 12. I'll refer to a scripture here in a minute. In Acts chapter 12, I believe it was, Herod had already killed James. Herod, the puppet king, right? He already killed James. And James, not Jesus' brother, James, the brother of John. Remember, he, they, the sons of thunder, right? So, so watch. He gets killed, and now he, Herod, sees that the Jews are pleased with this. So now he's, he's political. He, he's not spiritual, he's political. So he sees that, you know, he, now all of a sudden he's got the people on his side, and so he said, okay, so he says, if that pleases him, now I'm going to go after Peter. So he goes after Peter. He has Peter arrested. Peter's arrested, and he's standing in change between two guards. He falls asleep. You know, you've heard this, the, the angel of the Lord, not the angel Jesus, an angel of the Lord came. As he's sleeping, he pokes him in the side. Let's go. And immediately the chains fall off of them. And they're going through the guards, the different sections of guards, and they make it to the outer gate, and the gate opens by itself. And, and, and Peter steps through it. Now, this whole time, Peter's thinking he's dreaming. Then once he gets outside the gate, he says he came to himself. Oh, hey, this wasn't a dream. God really delivered me. I, I really had an, uh, an appointment with an angel, and God really delivered me. So I'm going to pick up, I think, in verse 12. So then when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary. 
the mother of John, whose surname was Mark. So this is John Mark, the one who authored, or who Holy Spirit wrote the book of Mark through. So, uh, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. Did you hear that? Why were they praying? For Peter. And as Peter knocked at the door, the gate, of the gate, a girl named Rhoda came to answer. Now, many of you are familiar with this. Now, the, the girl, they're praying and all that. They're praying for Peter because, you know, James has just been killed. The church is starting to suffer persecution. Now they arrest Peter, figuring he's going to be an ex. So they're all gathered praying for Peter. And so Rhoda goes to the gate, uh, and Peter, and she recognizes his voice. Instead of opening, she went back, and she told him, hey, I, I hear Peter's voice. And he said, oh, you're, man, you're, you're beside yourself. You're crazy. What are you praying for? God just delivered from you. <laughs> You're crazy. And then they just said, well, maybe that was just his angel. That was just his spirit talking to you or something. But then he kept knocking. He, Peter, kept knocking. And finally opened the door. Hey! Hallelujah! Praise the Lord! But, but my brothers and sisters, do you see that? He came, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John. He didn't go to his own house. He went someplace where he knew that there would be brothers, sisters, mother, come on, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, all praying for him, all gathered in the name of Jesus, trying to get a hold of the, of the Lord for him. Are you seeing that? In this life, my brothers and sisters, we already have that. I know I do. I know I do. But I want to tell you something. We need to be more... I don't know, animated about it. Let me just say it that way. Okay? Uh, okay, I'll pray for you. No. No. Oh, okay, yeah. No. Hey, I'm going to stand with you. Let's pray right now. Let's touch. Let's agree. Let's, let's bind. Let's loose. Because that's what Jesus has given us the power to do. Oh, are you there? But my brothers and sisters, look, you can't half-step it your whole life and then say, okay, I'm in this point now, I'm going to trust Jesus here. Well, if you're really trusting Jesus, then you're trusting Him with your life. But the problem is, my brothers and sisters, we still have these other things that we're not willing to give up, that we're not willing to walk away from. Because remember the first part of this. Remember the first part. Jesus is saying you're having all of this stuff, all lands, all these family members, all of this, anything you have, right? Why? Why are you having all of this? Because remember what Peter said. We have all walked away from all of that to follow you. That's the part of the equation that sometimes we leave out. Well, see, Pastor, it's all about works and all this. No, it's about fruit. And the fruit in Tony's life is, what am I willing to give up to follow him? That's part of the fruit. And when I follow him, because I can only, the fruit can only come through me from him. I'm the vine, you're the branches. You can't do anything without me. Okay, so I'm going to him. Are you there? Oh, this is so good. I don't know why you're just sitting there. I'd be jumping up and down. Matter of fact, I'll jump up. No, you, are you there? Come on, this is so good. But it's simple, isn't it? It is. But see, as humans, this, these are part of the struggles that we have, isn't it? There are some, we need to eat, we need the food, we've we got to have the house, we've got to have the car, we've got to have this, we've got to have that. So we're all you know, just so consumed with that, and we forget, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and it being in right standing with Him. 
Be a, listen, be a citizen of the kingdom of God before you're a citizen of the United States of America. Be a citizen of the kingdom of God before you are an Italian American. Be a citizen of God before you become an Irish American. Be a citizen of the kingdom of God before you become a member of the black community or the whatever. Name it. The problem is we're putting all of this other stuff, we're letting all of this other stuff get in the way. First and foremost, we're sojourners and pilgrims. We're strangers in a strange place. Why? Because our, listen, our citizenship is in heaven. And when my citizenship is truly in heaven, I know that I have fellow citizens that I can go to. I have fellow citizens that are praying for me and with me. Come on! This is exciting stuff. I don't, I'm not in this alone. Young people, you're not in it alone. I'll guarantee you, young people, there are people in your school that love Jesus, but they're being silenced or muffled. And there, man, you could give them courage. You can give them hope by you standing up. Why don't you be the one that stands up? Why don't you be the one that just says, you know what, I'm called of God. I'm just going to let the chips fall. I may be unpopular with certain groups. I may be unpopular with everybody. But I know one thing, I'm popular up there because when I make a stand for Christ, He's standing there looking at me and He's writing it down in His book. Whenever I'm talking, read Malachi, He's writing it down in His book whenever I'm having a conversation about Him. Whenever I'm talking, hallelujah! He's writing it down. God is taking note. You might not see the reward right now, but God is taking note, young people. Hallelujah. Amen. What's what we hold so valuable in the natural is nothing compared to Jesus. We just need Jesus. We just need Jesus. I'm going to give you a, a an example. Maybe the last one. Maybe not. We'll let the Lord lead. I'm going to read to you from Mark chapter 14 because I think this is so real and God ministered to me this early today. Um, And being in Bethany, this is Mark 14 beginning in verse 3, being in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at the table, a woman came having an alabaster flask full of very costly oil of spikenard. Then she broke the flask and poured it on his head, Jesus' head. But there were some who were indignant among themselves and said, why was this fragrant oil wasted? For it might have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they criticized her sharply. Let me pause here for a minute. Now I've read, and maybe some of you also can uh, attest to this, but you know, this could have been sold for more than 300 denarii. At that point, that was about the average wage for a, a, a low-end blue-collar worker for a year. So she took a, a year's worth of uh, salary and bought this, or had this, or however she attained it, it was worth a year's worth of salary, of year's wages. And she broke it over Jesus' head. And there were people there that were just, oh my gosh, and they're so, the religious people, man, oh man. First of all, she broke the social atmosphere anyway, by approaching him anyway. You know, she, you know she, she's in there, and, and see, this is why I say, anybody, I'm gonna, I, I know I'm going down a little bit of a trail here, but I'm going to do it anyway. So anybody who tells you, young ladies, middle-aged ladies, older ladies, anybody that tells you that you know Christians want to keep their women barefoot and pregnant, or Christians, Christianity is kind of oppressive to women. No, in fact, Christianity was the one that allowed women to take the forefront. 
Jesus appeared to the women first after He rose from the dead. Jesus never rebuked a woman for approaching Him. Come on. And that wasn't popular back then. Okay, so I know that was a little side trail, but, but I'm, I'm sick and tired of our young people and even anybody for that matter being told that Christianity is oppressive to women. It's not. It's more liberating. And, and, and in fact, just think about the way that it instructs men to treat women. That in and of itself should show you. Just think about the way we see Jesus treat women. If we follow His uh, example, then it shows you that women are not in any way looked upon as second-class citizens. Hallelujah. Alright, I know I'm getting some amens from the high-pitched voices, from women voices. You men, you need to do a little work on that maybe. I don't know. But so now watch. She breaks that. She's being, she's being criticized. But now listen to what Jesus Jesus said, let her alone. See? This is the Lord standing up for the woman who already broke social protocol. Let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a good work for me. Right? Sometimes young people, sometimes older people, you're just going to have to take it on the chin because it's what Jesus wants and it may not be what the world wants, but it's going to be what Jesus wants. You're going to have to do the good work for Him and forget everybody else. Okay, you say that, but let's just make sure when you get into that circumstance or situation, you remember that. Forget it, man. She's done a good work for me. For you, you have the poor with you always, and whenever you wish, you may do uh, to them good. But me, you do not have always. She has done what she could. Now listen, she has come beforehand to anoint my body for burial. Now, now wait. Do you think God told her, I'm about to... Well, He was telling them. Jesus Himself, out of His mouth, the God in the body was telling them, I'm about to go. I'm about to... So now watch. She received Rhema. God spoke to her heart. Somewhere along the line, she forgot who she was, what she was. She just had her eyes on Him. She felt an unction from Holy Spirit. She followed through with it. And then the Savior said, watch, let me finish... Assuredly, I say to you, whenever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. Hallelujah! Here we are. Here we are over 2,000 years later and we're talking about that woman. Hallelujah! Oh, man. God! How could you just sit there? She has done a work for me. Leave her alone. She has done a work for me. Hallelujah. Listen, she didn't care how much that was worth. She didn't care. Why? Because she she saw him and knew how much he was worth. (laughs) Hallelujah. 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 So my brothers and sisters, what, isn't Jesus worth anything? Say it loud. He's worth everything. Is He? Is your life showing it? Uh-oh. That's why we can't fill seats in here, Pastor. Had to go down there. Listen, we all need to look at that. I need to look at We all need to look at that. Right? Okay, so, man, I want to make sure. 
Come on now. So I'm going to look at Matthew 6 with me. Matthew 6, beginning in verse 19, and then we'll jump to 24. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in to steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now listen, very, I mean, this is a very commonly known scripture, is it not? It is. Most of us know the scripture. We've read it. We've been taught it. We've been preached to out of it many, many, many times. So now look, this is why I say to it, we need to look. And we say that Jesus is everything to us. But what are we, what, but is that real? Are our actions showing it? You know, if I have my choice to do something for God or go to work, or if I have my, come on, are you, are you with me? Do I do something that pleases me instead of pleases him? Come on. Do I do the hard thing? Do I make the right decision and do the hard thing? And do the unpopular thing with my friends or with those who are around me or with my family? See, some of us have not made that break. We, we've, 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 we can't walk away from anybody in the family because if we do, you know, then we're, uh, you know, maybe it, it's just a, an emotional thing. It's the familiar love. And if, if I walk away from my family, if I break this tie with my family, you know, I'm, I'm missing part of me. Or, you know, some of us can't come to the fact, the realization that, you know, our family may have a cursory uh, opinion of God or belief in God. And if I minister to them, they get mad at me. So I'm just going to avoid that. And I'm just going to go ahead. And when, in fact, when they're around, I may even compromise the way I live just a little bit because I want to make sure that, you know, we're still tight. What are you doing with your family where you're compromising just a little bit to make sure that you keep those ties and you can go ahead and have Thanksgiving together or no one feels too uncomfortable around you or whatever? Are you there? See, because when I see what this woman did, she didn't care who was uncomfortable, who was mad at her, who was upset with her. Why? Because Jesus was everything. So when he says, when you give up sister, mother, brother, right? Sometimes we just got to go ahead. And that doesn't mean we stop loving them. That doesn't mean we stop loving them. But we might not be able to just hang with them anymore. Come on. I'm not asking any of you to separate yourselves from your family. I'm asking you to follow Jesus. Let him lead you. I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, if you follow Jesus, and Jesus is everything, Jesus is all, this stuff will be worked out. Even to the extent that there's going to be times when your heart will be broken. Your heart will be broken. Anybody ever been there? Yeah. But I'll guarantee you that even in those moments, you're going to know that there is a God. His name is Jesus. He loves you. And there's going to be somebody. God will bring somebody or something. He's going to give you a word. He's going to have somebody walk in your path. And it's just, it might be just like that young man that I described to you on the job. Hey, how you doing? I got your back. That might be all it takes that day. I'm not alone. Somebody else other than Jesus loves me. Somebody else other than Jesus I matter to. Come on, that's important. Isn't it? That's important to us as humans. These relationships that we... I mean, I don't know why I'm going here. Lord, help me. These relationships that we have on earth, you know, they're important to us. You know, we want to be loved and we want to share love. You know, oh, come on. I'm not talking now... Get your mind away from just the, the romantic relationships now. I'm talking about just fellowship with people. Familiar love. I'm talking about phileo. 
We want to have you know, relationships and we want to have people that we can be friends with, people that we can associate with, people we have good times with, good clean fun, not the other kind, but we, we have fun with and we can have, you know, we can go out and do things and share and even share the Lord together. All of those things, they're important to us. But my brothers and sisters, what we cannot do is compromise so that we have the relationship this way and what we do is we compromise this way. We compromise with our relationship with God to go after the relationship for the here and now. When God, and that's the whole, listen, if you don't get anything else from this message today, listen, it's all about Jesus. Jesus is everything. And listen, what he's saying to you, if you give up all of those other things for me, I'm going to take care of all of those other things. Amen? That is the, that is the message. Verse 24, jumping down to uh, verse 24 in that same chapter of uh, Matthew 6. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Okay, watch. God and mammon. God and money. God and riches. God. But my brothers and sisters, the same thing as it relates even just to the relationship. If I'm, in an, if I'm in a relationship that's not glorifying God and it's not benefiting me or that person that I'm in with. Well, see, that's the, the pro- problem, Pastor. You know, I'm yoked up with this person. I'm going to marry this man because I'm going to change him. No, you're not. No, you're not. A wise man wants to... And you've heard this from this pulpit before. Women usually get married thinking that they're going to make him change. They're going to, the things that are broken him, they're going to fix. Men get married thinking that she's never going to change. She's always going to be just like this. You're laughing, but it's true. And I'm, I'm one of the fortunate ones. I still see that young, beautiful woman that I married. But she's wiser, and that's why she kicks me around just a little bit more. <laughs> now I'm just having a little bit of fun. But my brothers and sisters, honestly, honestly, Think about that. You can't serve Jesus and then still try to serve all of these other things around you. Right? And so what we have to what we need to do, what we need to find, and I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave it there. I'm gonna say it this way. If whatever pressure that you have in not going all the way with Jesus, whether it's because you think that you're going to suffer consequences from people around you, at your job, family members who are not totally sold out to God are going to look at you and think you're some kind of, what happens, you go off the deep end. You know, you know it's like that. If you go to this church, oh yeah, you're following that guy, whatever. If that's the thing that's worrying you, if that's the thing that concerns you and you're embarrassed, Jesus said, be careful about that because if you're ashamed of me, then I'm going to be ashamed of you when it comes time when you're standing. I'm going to deny you before the Father. Why? Because you can't be in me. Is Jesus Jesus saying, listen, you better watch out? Is he saying it in those terms? No. Jesus loved you, gave everything he was, is, and will be for you. So that doesn't, that's not something, I'm, I'm sure that's something that he's happy to say, but he's telling you, listen, if you do this as a result of that, I can't promote you to the Father. Right? Okay, so we need to understand that. But in this scheme of things, I want to talk now to a different part of this, right? Because remember, I said, if you keep Jesus, if Jesus is everything, he's going to take care of everything else, right? How does he take everything, care of everything else? Well, we've covered that, didn't we? Through each other. Amen. Through each other. Some of you come here and you check the box. I understand you're not there yet. That's fine. Some of you, I mean, look at the people that are in here every other week, every two weeks, or whatever, whatever it is. It's good. Fine. That's good. But my brothers and sisters, those of us who are together, those of us who are in it, man, we need to be in it. So we should be, listen, sharing meals. 
We should just give each other calls. Texts. You know the, the church texts that go out? Anybody get that this week? I love that. I love it. You know what? I, most of the time, I'm the one sending it out. But then when I get it, I always look at it. I wrote it! But I'm reading it. Why? It's encouraging me that day. Right? Ooh, man, I need to pay better attention to that. <laughs> Come on, are you with me? So, but, but here's the other thing. Sometimes I just get texts from... I had a phone call from a pastor friend who I haven't talked to you know, in weeks. He called me up just to, just to catch up. That's, that's encouraging. That's, that's awesome to me. Why? He thought of me. He cared enough about me to call me. And some of you have the same kind of relationships with other people. They'll call you just to check on you. How are you doing? That's, my brother said, that's valuable. People care about you. Do you understand that? People care for you. People care about you. They, you matter to people. You matter to me. You matter to each other. There are other people who are not in this room who you matter greatly to. You're important. You are important enough for Jesus to lay down His life for you, to be tortured for you. And listen, listen, and because of that, that means, listen, you're worth something to me. Amen? Amen. So, it is in that tone in that tenor that we're going to take communion right now. I'm going to give you just a few minutes, as is our custom. Get it right with God. Get it right with God. And maybe Tony, if you would, just play some music if you have to, just kind of low. Anything, Tony, don't even fuss over it. Just anything low. As he's playing the music, come and serve yourselves. The elements are up here. Um, Michelle, you want to take care of Mom Prettyman? And Mom DeSanto, I'll take care of. And this other one, my, my, my sister from another mother. But everybody else, please, come and take the elements. But as you're doing it, please consider God. You know, pray. God, if, I've, if you know, this message meant something to me, I've put something else before you. I was embarrassed of you. I didn't speak when I felt it was burning inside of me because I was just a little bit shy. I was embarrassed. If that's you, listen. It's, it's, just put it under the blood and it's done. And we start all over again. God will make you new. You will be, Listen, I love this scripture where he says, come. Basically, come on. You know, let's, ha- let's hash this out, you and I. Let's, let's discuss this. Though your sins be as red as scarlet, I'm going to make them white as snow. <sighs> I don't, can you believe that? That's your Savior. That's your God. Come. Though your sins be as scarlet, I'm going to make them as white as snow. So my brothers and sisters, don't hesitate. If you've done it, don't worry. Come here, confess it, repent, confess it to Jesus. Amen? Grab your elements and then we'll have it together, okay? All right. Go ahead, Tony.